Section two of the Dream of the Red Chamber, Book Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sylvie Roth. The Dream of the Red Chamber, Part Two by Tsao Shui Qin. Translated by Henry Bencraft Jolie. Chapter Twenty Five, Part Two. But passing them over, we will now allude to Lin Dayu. As Bayu had scalded his face and did not go out of doors very much, she often came to have a chat with him. On this particular day, she took up after her meal some book or other and read a couple of pages out of it. Next, she busied herself a little with needlework in company with Si Juan. She felt, however, thoroughly dejected and out of sorts, so she strolled out of doors along with her. But catching sight of the newly sprouted bamboo shoots in front of the pavilion, they involuntarily stepped out of the entrance of the court and penetrated into the garden. They cast their eyes on all four quarters, but not a soul was visible. When they became conscious of the splendor of the flowers and the chatter of the birds, they, with listless step, turned their course towards the Ihong court. There they found several servant-girls bailing out water, while a bevy of them stood under the veranda, watching the thrushes and having their bath. They heard also the sound of laughter in the rooms. The fact is that Li Gong Sai, Lady Feng, and Bao Chai were assembled inside. As soon as they saw them walk in, they with one voice shouted, smiling, Now, are not these two more? We are a full company today, laughed Dayu. But who has issued the cards and invited us here? The other day, interposed Lady Feng, I sent servants with a present of two caddies of tea for you, Miss Lin. Was it after all good? I had just forgotten all about it, Dayu rejoined. Many thanks for your kind attention. I tasted it, observed Bayu. I did not think it anything good, but I don't know how others who've had any of it find it. Its flavor, said Dayu, is good. The only thing is, it has no color. It's tribute tea from the Laos kingdom, continued Lady Feng. When I tried it, I didn't either find it anything very fine. It's not up to what we ordinarily drink. To my taste, it's all right, put in Dayu. But what your palates are like, I can't make out. As you say, it's good, suggested Baoyu. You're quite at liberty to take all I have for your use. I've got a great deal more of it over there, Lady Feng remarked. I'll tell a servant girl to go and fetch it, Dayu replied. No need, Lady Feng went on. I'll send it over with someone. I also have a favor to ask of you tomorrow, so I may as well tell the servant to bring it along at the same time. When Lin Dayu heard these words, she put on a smile. You just mark this, she observed. I've had today a little tea from her place, and she at once begins making a tool of me. Since you've had some of our tea, Lady Feng laughed, how is it that you have not yet become a wife in our household? The whole party burst out laughing aloud, so much so that they found it difficult to repress themselves, but Dayu's face was suffused with blushes. She turned her head the other way and uttered not a word. Our sister-in-law Secunda's jibes are first-rate, Bao Chai chimed in with a laugh. "'What jibes!' exclaimed Dayu. "'They're purely and simply the prattle of a mean mouth and vile tongue. "'They're enough to evoke people's displeasure.' 
Saying this, she went on to sputter in disgust. Were you, insinuated Lady Fung, to become a wife in my family, what is there that you would lack? Pointing then at Bai Yu, look here, she cried, is not this human being worthy of you? Is not his station in life good enough for you? Are not our stock and estate sufficient for you? And in what slight degree can he make you lose caste? Dayu rose to her feet and retired immediately, but Bao Chai shouted out, Here's Ping Ar in a huff. Don't you yet come back? When you've gone, there will really be no fun. While calling out to her, she jumped up to pull her back. As soon, however, as she reached the door of the room, she beheld Mrs. Zhao, accompanied by Mrs. Zhou, both coming to look up Bao Yu. Bao Yu and his companions got up in a body and pressed them into a seat. Lady Feng was the sole person who did not heed them. But just as Bao Chai was about to open her lips, she perceived a servant girl attached to Madame Wang's apartments appear on the scene. "'Your maternal uncle's wife has come,' she said, "'and she requests you, ladies and young ladies, to come out and see her.'" Li Gongsai hurriedly walked away in company with Lady Feng. The two dames, Mrs. Zhao and Mrs. Zhou, in like manner, took their leave and quitted the room. "'As for me, I can't go out,' Bao Yu shouted. "'But whatever you do, pray, don't ask Aunt to come in here.' "'Cousin Lin,' he went on to say, "'do stay on a while. I've got something to tell you.' Lady Feng overheard him. Turning her head towards Lin Dayu, "'There's someone,' she cried, "'who wants to speak with you.' And forthwith, laying hold of Lin Dayu, she pushed her back and then trudged away along with Li Gongsai. During this time, Bayu clasped Dayu's hand in his. He did nothing more than smile, but not a word did he utter. Dayu naturally, therefore, got crimson in the face and struggled to escape his importunities. Ay ya! exclaimed Bayu. How my head is sore! It should be, rejoined Dayu. Oh, me too. Bayu then gave vent to a loud shout. His body bounced three or four feet high from the ground. His mouth was full of confused shrieks. But all he said was rambling talk. Dayu and the servant girls were full of consternation, and with all possible haste, they ran and apprised Madame Wang and Dowager Lady Jia. Wang Tzu Tang's wife was, at this time, also with them, so they all came in a body to see him. Bao Yu behaved more and more as if determined to clutch a sword or seize a spear to put an end to his existence. He raged in a manner sufficient to subvert the heavens and upset the earth. As soon as Dowager Lady Jia and Madame Wang caught sight of him, they were struck with terror. They trembled wildly like a piece of clothing that is being shaken, uttering a shout of, My son! and another of, My flesh! They burst out into a loud fit of crying. Presently, all the inmates were seized with fright. Even Jia She, Madame Xing, Jia Cheng, Jia Chen, Jia Lian, Jia Zheng, Jia Yun, Jia Ping, Mrs. Xue, Xue Pan, Zhou Rui's wife, and the various members of the household, whether high or low, and the servant girls and married women too, rushed into the garden to see what was up. The confusion that prevailed was, at the moment, like entangled flax. 
everyone was at a loss what to do when they espied lady fung dash into the garden a glistening sword in hand and try to cut down everything that came in her way ogle vacantly whomsoever struck her gaze and make forthwith an attempt to dispatch them a greater panic than ever broke out among the whole assemblage but placing herself at the head of a handful of sturdy female servants joe Dway's wife precipitated herself forward and clasping her tight they succeeded in snatching the sword from her grip and carrying her back into her room ping ar fung ar and the other girls began to weep they invoked the heavens and appealed to the earth even jia chung was distressed at heart one and all at this stage started shouting some one thing some another some suggested exorcists some cried out for the posture makers to attract the devils others recommended that chang the taoist priest of the yu huang temple should catch the evil spirits a thorough turmoil reigned supreme for a long time the gods were implored prayers were offered every kind of remedy was tried but no benefit whatever became visible after sunset the spouse of wang Tung said good-bye and took her departure on the ensuing day wang Tung himself also came to make inquiries following closely upon him arrived in a body messengers from the young marquis shu madame xing's young brother and their various relatives to ascertain for themselves how lady feng and bao yu were progressing some brought charm water some recommended bonzes and taoist priests others spoke highly of doctors but that young fellow and his elder brother's wife fell into such greater and greater stupor that they lost all consciousness their bodies were hot like fire as they lay prostrate on their beds they talked deliriously with the fall of the shades of night their condition aggravated so much so that the matrons and servant girls did not venture to volunteer their attendance they had therefore to be both moved into madame wang's quarters where servants were told to take their turn and watch them dowager lady jia madame wang madame xing and mrs shui did not budge an inch or step from their side they sat round them and did nothing but cry jia shu and jia chung too were a prey at this juncture to misgivings lest weeping should upset dowager lady jia day and night oil was burnt and fires were mindless of expense kept alight the bustle and confusion was such that no one either master or servant got any rest jashu also sped on every side in search of buddhist and taoist priests but jia chung had witnessed how little relief these things could afford and he felt constrained to dissuade jashu from his endeavours the destiny he argued of our son and daughter is entirely dependent upon the will of heaven and no human strength can prevail the malady of these two persons would not be healed even were every kind of treatment tried and as i feel confident that it is the design of heaven that things should be as they are all we can do is to allow it to carry out its purpose Jashu, however paid no notice to his remonstrances and continued as hitherto to fuss in every imaginable way in no time three days elapsed lady feng and bao yu were still confined to their beds their breaths had grown fainter the whole household therefore unanimously arrived at the conclusion that there was no hope and with all dispatch they made every necessary preparation for the subsequent requirements 
of both their relatives. Dowager Lady Jia, Madame Wang, Jia Lian, Ping Er, Xi Jun, and the others indulged in tears with keener and keener anguish. They hung between life and death. Mrs. Zhao alone was the one who assumed an outward sham air of distress, while in her heart she felt her wishes gratified. The fourth day arrived. At an early hour, Bao Yu suddenly opened his eyes and addressed himself to his grandmother Jia. From this day forward, he said, I may no longer abide in your house, so you'd better send me off at once. These words made Dowager Lady Jia feel as if her very heart had been wrenched out of her. Mrs. Zhao, who stood by, exhorted her. You shouldn't, venerable lady, she said, indulge in excessive grief. This young man has been long ago of no good. So wouldn't it be as well to dress him up and let him go back a moment sooner from this world? You'll also be thus sparing him considerable suffering. But if you persist in not reconciling yourself to the separation and this breath of his is not cut off, he will lie there and suffer without any respite. Her arguments were scarcely ended when she was spat upon by Dowager Lady Jia. You rotten-tongued, good-for-nothing hag, she cried abusively. What makes you fancy him of no good? You wish him dead and gone, but what benefit will you then derive? Don't give way to any dreams, for if he does die, I'll just exact your lives from you. It's all because you've been continuously at him, inciting and urging him to read and write, that his spirit has become so intimidated that at the sight of his father he behaves just like a rat, trying to get out of the way of a cat. And is not all this the result of the bullying of such a mean herd of women as yourselves? Could you now drive him to death, your wishes would immediately be fulfilled. But which of you will I let off? Now she shed tears. Now she gave vent to abuse. Jia Cheng, who stood by, heard these invectives, and they so enhanced his exasperation that he promptly shouted out and made Mrs. Zhao withdraw. He then exerted himself for a time to console his senior by using kindly accents. But suddenly someone came to announce that the two coffins had been completed. This announcement pierced like a dagger, Dowager Lady Jia to the heart, and while weeping with despair more intense, she broke forth in violent upbraidings. Who is it, she inquired, who gave orders to make the coffins? Bring at once the coffin makers and beat them to death. A stir ensued sufficient to convulse the heavens and to subvert the earth. But at an unforeseen moment resounded in the air the gentle rapping of a wooden fish bell. A voice recited the sentence, Ave, Buddha, able to unravel retribution and dispel grievances, should any human being lie in sickness and his family be solicitous on his account, or should anyone have met with evil spirits and come across any baleful evils, we have the means to effect a cure. Dowager Lady Jia and Madame Wang at once directed servants to go out into the street and find out who it was. It turned out to be, in fact, a mangy-headed bonze and a hobbling Taoist priest. What was the appearance of the bonze? His nose like a suspended gall, his two eyebrows so long, 
his eyes resembling radiant stars possess the precious glow his coat in tatters and his shoes of straw without a home rolling in filth and a worse fate his head one mass of boils and the taoist priest what was he like with one leg perched high he comes with one leg low his whole frame drenching wet bespattered all with mud if you perchance meet him ask him where's his home in fairyland west of the weak water he'll say jia cheng ordered the servants to invite them to walk in on what hill he asked those two persons do you cultivate the principles of reason worthy official the bond smiled you must not ask too many questions it's because we've learnt that there are inmates of your honourable mansion in a poor state of health that we come with the express design of working a cure there are explained jia cheng two of our members who have been possessed of evil spirits but is there i wonder any remedy by means of which they could be healed <laughs> in your family laughingly observed the taoist priest you have ready at hand a precious thing the like of which is rare to find in the world it possesses the virtue of alleviating the ailment so why need you inquire about remedies jia cheng's mind was forthwith aroused it's true he consequently rejoined that my son brought along with him at the time of his birth a piece of jade on the surface of which was inscribed that it had the virtue of dispelling evil influences but we haven't seen any efficacy in it there is worthy officer said the bonds something in it which you do not understand that precious jade was in its primitive state efficacious but consequent upon its having been polluted by music lewdness property and gain it has lost its spiritual properties but produce now that valuable thing and wait till i have taken it into my hands and pronounced incantations over it when it will become as full of efficacy as of old jia cheng accordingly unclasped the piece of jade from bao yu's neck and handed it to the two divines the buddhist priest held it with reverence in the palm of his hand and heaving a deep sigh since our parting he cried at the foot of the chingkung peak about thirteen years have elapsed how time flies in this mortal world thine earthly destiny has not yet been determined alas alas how admirable were the qualities thou didst possess in those days by heaven unrestrained without constraint from earth no joys lived in thy heart but sorrows none as well yet when perception through refinement thou didst reach thou wentst among mankind to trouble to give rise how sad the lot which thou of late hast had to hear powder prints and rouge stains thy precious lustre dim house bars both day and night encage thee like a duck deep wilt thou sleep but from thy dream at length thou'lt wake 
thy debt of vengeance once discharged thou wilt depart at the conclusion of this recital he again rubbed the stone for a while and gave vent to some nonsensical utterances after which he surrendered it to jia cheng this object he said has already resumed its efficacy but you shouldn't do anything to desecrate it hang it on the post of the door in his bedroom and with the exception of his own relatives you must not let any outside female pollute it after the expiry of thirty-three days he will i can guarantee be all right jia cheng then gave orders to present tea but the two priests had already walked away he had however no alternative but to comply with their injunctions and lady feng and bao yu in point of fact got better from day to day little by little they returned to their senses and experienced hunger dowager lady jia and madame wang at length felt composed in their minds all the cousins heard the news outside Dayu, previous to anything else, muttered a prayer to Buddha, while Bao Chai laughed and said not a word. Sister Bao, inquired Xi Chun, what are you laughing for? I laugh, replied Bao Chai, because the thus come Joss has more to do than any human being. He's got to see to the conversion of all mankind, and to take care of the ailments to which all flesh is heir, for he restores every one of them at once to health and he has as well to control people's marriages so as to bring them about through his aid and what do you say has he ample to do or not now isn't this enough to make one laugh eh lindayu blushed Chee! she exclaimed none of you are good people instead of following the example of worthy persons you try to rival the mean mouth of that hussy fung as she uttered these words, she raised the portier and made her exit. But, reader, do you want to know any further circumstances? If so, the next chapter will explain them to you. End of section 2. Recording by Sylvie Roth.